Welcome to Twisted Tales of Madness and Murder Presents Winter Storm Our tale begins in a steam-filled bathroom that is painted in olive green and decorated with floral paintings. A show tune being hummed can be heard on the other side of the force pattern shower curtain as the fan works overtime, trying to draw out all the steam from the shower. The lights and fans suddenly turn off, but quickly come back on, causing the humming to stop, followed by the shower. Rachel, in her 20s, pulls back the shower curtain, revealing her curvaceous body as her blonde hair hangs in her face. She carefully sticks one foot out into the marble floor and reaches across the vanity, running her hand along it until she finds a pair of glasses. Pushing her hair aside, she slides the glasses on and watches as the lights continue to flicker on and off. This is totally a case of Murphy's Law. After all this time, I finally get this place to myself, and a damn storm rolls in that is potentially going to knock the power out. Just my luck. Rachel walks over and opens a small window, allowing the steam another venue of escape as the wind can be heard howling outside. Rachel turns and stands in front of the full-length mirror, slowly turning side to side, admiring herself. I must say, I am looking pretty damn fine these days. Rachel runs her hands down her body. Staying tight in all the right places. A loud bang from outside startles Rachel, causing her to turn off the fan and look out through the window into the dark, windy night. Hello? Hello? Is there somebody out there? Rachel listens carefully at the window as the sound of rain can now be heard under the wind. Hello? Rachel's eyes shift from side to side as she carefully scans the darkness. What the hell is wrong with you, girl? Don't let your mind play tricks on you and get you all spooked and freaked out. It's just the wind. Rachel leans back from the window and slides it down, then turns to a bank of cabinets and opens one of them up. Come on. Where the heck are they? She opens another cabinet. Bingo. Rachel pulls out a fluffy, white towel and wraps it around herself as the lights flicker again. Will you please just stay on for the night? The lights stop flickering as Rachel grabs another towel and dries her hair as she continues to hum the show tune. With her hair dried, she tosses the towel into the hamper, then slides the other one off as she grabs a pair of hot pink panties off the back of the toilet and slides them on. A pair of form-fitting jeans is next. She snaps the buttons on the jeans, then puts on a matching bra, along with a t-shirt with the words World's Greatest Mom, printed across it in bubble lettering. Again, Rachel stands in front of the mirror, looking at herself. This shirt looks so good on me, and it makes me so happy. I love it. Rachel flips the lights off and walks out of the bathroom. Rachel walks out into a moderately furnished living room, stopping to adjust a painting of flowers hanging on the wall. A large TV hangs on the far wall, broadcasting a cheesy sitcom with an over-the-top laugh track, causing Rachel to shake her head in disgust. But it fell on the toilet. What is wrong with the world that this kind of garbage actually gets put on the air? It's just the same thing over and over. Creativity has gone out the window. 
It didn't look like a Sasquatch. <laughs> Rachel grabs the remote off the couch and is about to change the channel when a gust of wind slams against the house, rattling the windows and the door. What is going on out there? I'm starting to think I'm going to end up in Oz. Rachel tosses the remote back on the couch then walks over to the window, pulling the curtains back just in time to watch a collection of large trees that are scattered throughout the neighborhood sway back and forth, as if performing some kind of ceremonial dance. A plastic garbage can rolls down the street as another gust of wind pummels the house, just as the power goes out. Rachel lets go of the curtain and steps back from the rattling window, and slowly brings her hand up to her mouth, biting her nails. Okay, okay, okay. Gotta get a hold of yourself here. You're acting like some kind of baby right now. The power comes back on, along with the annoying sitcom drawing Rachel's attention. I'm pretty damn sure they were tomatoes. (laughs) Maybe it's actually better that the power's off. Then at least nobody has to be subjected to this trash TV. Suddenly, the sitcom is replaced by a well-groomed anchorman in his 40s, wearing a professional suit and looking serious as he looks over the papers in his hands. Rachel watches intently. If you are viewing this broadcast, then consider yourself one of the lucky ones. We here at the station have been notified by the local power companies that 70% of their customers are currently without power. They also informed us that they expect that number to rise before it goes down, due to the severity of this winter storm. Rachel takes a step toward the TV. Meteorologists are calling this the worst storm to hit this region in over 20 years. Flood levels are expected to... The anchorman is interrupted by a piece of paper that is placed on the desk in front of him. He quickly scans the paper, then looks at the camera with a look of concern. Ladies and gentlemen... We have just been informed that a patient from the Sandy Ridge Mental Institution has made a daring escape earlier this evening. The details still a bit sketchy, but what we know is that one guard has been killed and another one seriously injured and is currently in critical condition. The anchorman is handed another piece of paper. Sandy Ridge Medical Institution has just released the name of the patient. The patient's name is... The power goes off. Are you serious right now? Turn back on. The power comes back on as Rachel stands in front of the TV as the anchorman reappears. And is considered to be armed and extremely dangerous. You might remember back in 2010 when... The power goes out again, but quickly comes back on. Responsible for the murder and dismemberment of a family of four. I've been told that we can expect a photo very soon. Police want to stress to lock your doors and windows. And not to open your doors for anybody that you do not know. They hope to apprehend it. The power goes out as Rachel stares at the TV. But nothing comes back on. This is just fantastic. Rachel hurries over to the front door and checks the lock. Then puts the chain across. All right. It's all locked up and secured. Rachel quickly checks the window, pulling up on it. Locked. Rachel steps back into the center of the living room and stands in the dark tapping the side of her head, and then snaps her finger. What am I doing? Why am I standing here in the dark like some kind of weirdo? I need to get some candles or a flashlight. 
Rachel walks across the living room and then into the kitchen, where she starts opening drawer after drawer, until finally finding a flashlight. This will certainly do the trick. Rachel pulls a flashlight out and turns it on, just as a knock can be heard coming from the living room. What in the hell could that be? The knocking gets louder as Rachel walks to the edge of the kitchen and looks out at the front door. Several more knocks are heard as she shines the light at the door. Hello? Can you hear me in there? I know you're in there because I can see your flashlight moving around and all. Shit. Rachel fumbles with the flashlight and almost drops it before finally turning it off. I'm really sorry to bother you, but I work for the power company. I need to talk to you about your outage. Could you please open the door? Rachel creeps across the living room to the front door. Hello? Rachel stares at the door. Who are you and what do you want? I work for the power company. I was in the area when I noticed your power go out. Well, not only your power, but the entire neighborhood. I saw the whole thing happen. Rachel stands in silence with her hands on the door. Hello? Are you still there? Your power is out, is it not? Please correct me if I'm wrong. Rachel looks out at the dark living room. Yes, the power is out. Well, okay then. It's your lucky night. I would be more than happy to get your power back on for you. That is, unless, of course, you enjoy living in the dark. How long will it take you to get it back on? I'm not 100% sure, but I'm not thinking very long at all. It looks like it will require me to just feed some new line to replace the one that the tree branch snapped when it came crashing down. A tree branch caused all these issues? It did indeed. It was a big sucker, too. So it won't take that long? Pretty sure. I guess if it won't take you very long, then I say go ahead and fix it. Just let me know when you are all done. I wish it was that simple. But unfortunately, I need you to sign this paperwork authorizing me to do the work. What? Why do you need me to sign paperwork? Rachel grips the flashlight, turning her knuckles white. Without your signature, I can't touch a thing on your property. Just something the company has us do for legal reasons and all. Legal reasons? I'm sure something happened someplace and the company had to pay a pretty penny. So now they're just covering their backside. Rachel grabs an ottoman and slides it to the door, carefully stepping up on it to peer out the small window at the top of the door. Roy, in his thirties, dressed in a long-sleeved thermal shirt and dirty pants and wearing an old Boston Red Sox hat, looks up and smiles. How you doing, man? The name's Roy. Rachel looks at Roy, then out at the street, then back at Roy. You said you were with the power company? That's correct. Rachel motions towards the street. If you're with the power company, then where's your truck? Shouldn't you have some kind of work vehicle? I know you can't be just out walking around in this weather. Roy looks back at the empty street, then up at Rachel. One of your neighbor's cedar trees at the entrance of the cul-de-sac blew over and is blocking the street. I had to park my rig way down there. I walked up here to survey the main line, and that's when I witnessed that big branch snapped your line. Rachel leans to the side, trying to get a view down the street. But the trees in the yard prevent her from seeing anything. She looks back at Roy. Well, I guess that could be the case. Do you have any kind of identification with you? Identification? Some kind of credential showing me that you really do work for the power company? Of course. Roy digs in his pocket, then sighs. Damn! What? Earlier this evening, I was working this really nasty job and got myself completely soaked. I ended up going back to the office to change and get myself into some dry clothes. 
I guess I forgot to pull my badge out of the pocket of my wet pants. Is that so? So you have no ID then? Rachel studies Roy suspiciously. I understand your concern, especially in this day and age. It's better to be safe than sorry. Hopefully when the storm is over they can get back out here and get your power back on in a day or two. Have a good night. Roy turns to leave. Wait. Roy stops and turns back to Rachel. So you can really get the power back on? I sure can. I'll have it back on before you know it. Roy pulls up a clipboard. Just a quick signature and I can get to work and get your power back on and be out of your hair. Would you please just give me a minute? No problem. Rachel climbs down off the ottoman and pushes it back from the door. Then makes sure the chain on the door is in place and slowly opens it. Okay, so where do I need to sign again? Roy, smiling, hands the clipboard to her through the crack in the door. Rachel grabs a clipboard, finding just a blank piece of paper on it. I don't understand. Where am I supposed to sign on this? This is just a blank piece of paper. No shit. Roy suddenly kicks the door open, busting the chain off and sending Rachel stumbling backwards and falling over the ottoman, and in the process, dropping the flashlight and the clipboard. Roy hurries into the house and quickly shuts the door and locks it. Rachel regains her composure and flips over to run, but Roy grabs her leg and jerks her back. Not so fast, bitch. Rachel struggles to break free from Roy's grasp as he turns her over and puts a knee down on her chest, then pulls out a rusty hunting-style knife and places it against her throat. Rachel stops thrashing around. Who the fuck else is in this house? Nobody. Roy puts pressure on the knife. Don't you fucking lie to me. I'm not lying to you. It's just me. I'm all alone. Roy picks up the flashlight and shines it down the hall and into the kitchen, then down at Rachel's face. Is that so? Roy shines the light on the wall with several framed photos, stopping on one of the man with two kids standing in front of a Disney castle. You have a nice-looking family. Where the hell are they? You gonna tell me they left you here all alone in the middle of this crazy storm? They don't look like that photo anymore. Roy shines the light back at Rachel's face. Does it look like I give a fuck what they look like now? Please, just tell me what you want. For starters, I want you to shut your fucking mouth until I tell you to speak. I'm the one in charge and the one that asks the questions around here. Do you understand me? Rachel nods. Yes. Good girl. Roy looks around the living room. So... What kind of shit you got in this dump that I can make some cash off? I'm not really sure what you would consider valuable, but you're more than welcome to take whatever you want. Are you serious? I could take whatever I want? That is so very nice of you. Roy, infuriated, drops the flashlight and balls his hand into a fist and raises it above Rachel's face. The last time I checked, I don't recall asking for your fucking permission bitch. Don't hit me. Rachel flinches and braces for the impact of Roy's fist. Roy slowly releases his fist and brings his hand down and gently runs his fingers along Rachel's face. My apologies, baby. 
I have no intention of fucking up that pretty little face of yours. Yet. Roy leans down and licks the side of Rachel's face, causing her to cringe, then twirls a knife in front of Rachel's face. I'm thinking to myself that you must be lacking in any kind of intelligence. I mean, who in the hell in their right mind would open the door to a complete stranger in the middle of the night during an all-hell's-broken-loose kind of winter storm? Don't you know that this world is crawling with freaks and psychos just waiting for that one opportunity to get into your home? For that one chance to take advantage of a sexy, hot piece of ass such as yourself? Roy looks over Rachel's body. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm, mm. And believe me when I say you have one first class looking ass. We're talking a top notch dumper. In fact, I damn near splattered the side of your house with my baby batter when I watched you step out of that shower. It was such a cinematic moment watching those tiny water droplets travel over those astounding tits, then down to your banging ass. I literally had to slice my arm to control myself. Roy pulls a sleeve of his shirt back, revealing several bloody slices on his arm. See? All those are because of you. You caused that. Rachel looks at the cuts, then up at Roy. Then down the hall, Roy grabs her face and forces her to look at him. Wow. Am I not interesting enough for you? Do I not warrant your full fucking undivided attention here? I'm going out of my way trying to explain to you how your beauty has captivated me and in the process resulted in my own self-mutilation. Your inability to stay focused on me just lets me know that you're not only dumb as a bag of hammers, you're also rude. I'm sorry you think I'm being rude. That isn't the case at all. I'm just really scared. That's the smartest thing you've said. You should be scared. I'm a very bad man, and I come from a very bad place. Roy pulls his sleeve back down, then grabs Rachel's breast and caresses it. You like that? Rachel glances down the hall as Roy squeezes Rachel's breast, causing her to yelp. Ah! Why the hell do you keep looking down the hall? No reason. Roy shines the light down the hall and it stops on a closed door. No reason. Why the fuck do I get the feeling that isn't the truth? Perhaps there is something or somebody behind that door you don't want me to find. Roy tries to stand up, but Rachel stops him by grabbing hold of his shirt. Where are you going? Rachel grabs his hand and puts it back on her breast. I thought you wanted to fuck me. Roy looks down at her. You do want to fuck me, don't you? <sighs> like you wouldn't believe. Then what are you waiting for? I can feel how hard you are through your jeans. I want to feel that in me right now. I bet you fuck so hard and won't be able to walk for a week. Roy looks down at Rachel and licks his lips. Mm, you're a nasty little bitch, aren't you? You have no idea how nasty I can fucking be. Now pull that fucker out and get to work already. Roy drops the knife and suddenly reaches down to pull his pants off when the power suddenly comes back on 
and the TV is displaying a very unflattering image of Rachel. Again, here is the most current photo of the escaped patient. If you see this woman, contact police immediately. Do not approach her or try to communicate with her. She is considered to be armed and extremely dangerous. Roy looks up at the photo in shock. What the fuck? That is such a terrible photo of me. Why in the world would they use that one? Roy looks down at Rachel just as she slams the knife into his side, causing him to scream out as he falls over. Police have informed us that they are following several leads and feel that they are close to apprehending the patient. Rachel laughs as she stands up and looks at the TV. (laughs) Really? Close to apprehending the patient? Rachel looks around the living room. That's funny. I don't seem to see any cops around here. Well... That is certainly a load of bullshit, isn't it? Rachel looks down at Roy, who continues to clutch at his side. What about you? You see any pigs around here? As a gust of wind hits the house, the power goes Roy sticks his hand out of Rachel. You need to stay the fuck away from me, you crazy bitch! <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. What the hell changed? A minute ago, you wanted to pull your cock out and fuck me. Maybe I was getting my signals crossed or something? Rachel points the knife at Roy, causing him to flinch. Doesn't really matter at this point, does it? I've got this feeling you were one of those two pumped kind of chumps anyway. Rachel stares down at Roy. Am I right? Rachel jabs the knife at Roy, poking him in the arm. Ow! Jesus Christ! Blood rolls down Roy's arm. Just stop, okay? I'm getting the impression you don't very much like being the one on the receiving end of the violence. Is that the case? Rachel pokes Roy in the other arm, causing Roy to cry out. Oh, you fucking crazy bitch! Is it? I I made a mistake. I never should have come here. I'm sorry. Just let me go! Rachel laughs. (laughs) You want me to let you go? Why in the world would I ever do something like that? I've got big plans for you. I'm going to completely dismember you. Roy looks down at all the blood escaping his body and seeping into the carpet. Oh my god, I'm bleeding out here! A gust of wind rattles the house. Somebody help me! Holy shit, do you actually think somebody can hear your pathetic ass right now? Roy flips over and slowly crawls down the hall. This is just sad. Men are such big pussies. Sure, they act all tough and shit when they think they are in control, but as soon as the tables turn, you all become ballless babies. I have no idea where the fuck you think you're going there, Chief. All you're doing is prolonging the inevitable. Rachel looks down at the trail of blood Roy is leaving. Hmm. I find it funny how you were calling me rude earlier, But here you are, dragging your sorry ass down the hall, leaving a trail of blood all over the carpet. Do you have any idea how difficult it is to try and get blood out of the carpet? Well, let me tell you, it is no easy task. Rachel follows after, but stops when she notices herself in the mirror. Why do you keep following me? I already told you I don't need you anymore. I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. You do not control my actions anymore. Rachel stares at the mirror in disbelief. (laughs) Is that so? I'd like to see you try and do that, you stupid cunt. 
Rachel points the knife at the mirror. Do not fucking test me right now. I am clearly in the middle of something, but will not hesitate to tear your fucking head off. Rachel smashes the mirror with the handle of the knife and watches the shattered glass fall to the floor. (laughs) I am done taking any kind of directions from you and will do what I want. Rachel turns and looks down at Roy, who has reached the end of the hall and is about to open the closed door. Are you sure you want to do that? I sure in the hell wouldn't go in that room if I was you. Fuck you! Roy pushes the door open and pulls himself into the dark room and slams the door closed, locking it as he falls against it. You should be counting your lucky stars, Roy. It's a good thing the power is off because what you would see in there would really affect your current thought process, I imagine. What I find entertaining is the fact that you actually still think you have a chance of getting out of here alive. I'll be getting out of here alive, bitch! Would you by chance have the number of a bookie? Because I have some cash I would love to put down on those odds. I have a feeling I would make out like a bandit. Roy, breathing heavily, sits against the door. (sighs) Think, think, think. All of a sudden, the power comes on, and Roy's eyes open wide in horror as Rachel can be heard laughing. (laughs) I really wish I could see your face right now. I'm sure it is priceless. Roy looks on in horror at the four bloodied bodies that are in various stages of dismemberment. The bodies of a little boy and a little girl, both still in their blood-soaked pajamas, rest on top of each other. A middle-aged woman who has been stripped down to her bra and panties lay next to the children with her throat cut open and her legs cut off. A man with his head severed and his chest cavity opened and emptied out lays next to her. Roy notices a crumpled up orange jumpsuit with the words Sandy Ridge Mental Institution resting in the corner of the room below the blood-splattered walls. Oh my God! I tried to tell you that they didn't look like that photo anymore. Without warning, a knife punches through the door and slides into Roy's back, causing him to fall forward. Rachel laughs. (laughs) I'm guessing you got the point that interior doors in most standard houses tend to lean on the flimsy side. Roy pushes a black plastic bag out of the way with a leg sticking out of it to grab an electric skill saw with a blood-covered blade. This will work. Roy, fighting to stay conscious, holds the saw up that is connected to an outlet by a yellow extension cord. Stay awake. You're going to get out of here. The door handle turns. Come on already. Just open the door. Let's have some fucking fun already. It's not like any of them are going to be able to help you. Roy pushes the trigger of the saw, sending the blade spinning. Keep talking, bitch! I have no plans on dying tonight! Holy shit! I thought for sure your spineless ass would have fucking bled out by now. Roy forces himself to his feet and grabs the door, jerking it open, holding the saw up. Rachel looks at Roy, then the saw. Not only are you still alive, but you've gone and found your balls again. What a hard charger. So what's your plan, hotshot? 
My plan is to get the fuck out of here. And if I have to saw you the fuck in half, I will. Now get out of my way! Yikes. I better do what you say before you hurt me. Rachel takes several steps back down the hall as Roy slowly walks out of the room. I mean it. I will not hesitate to use this on you. Roy, squeezing the trigger and turning the saw on, pushes it towards Rachel. He takes another step back. Oh, that's what I thought. Roy takes another couple steps. But all of a sudden, the saw stops. Roy frantically squeezing the trigger. <laughs> that totally fucking sucks for you. <laughs> A funny thing about electric saws, they tend to need electricity to actually operate. Roy looks back, finding the extension cord unplugged from the wall, then turns around just as Rachel, screaming, ah! charges Roy, who tosses the saw at her. But she easily dodges it, then unleashes a vicious onslaught of slashes with the knife. Roy desperately tries his best to fend off the attack as he stumbles backwards. But in one strong swing, Rachel severs several of his fingers that tumble to the floor. Rachel drives him against the wall and drives the blade of the knife into his stomach and pulls it out and steps back as Roy falls to his knees, grabbing his gut. Rachel looks down at Roy. I would say that was some very good penetration. What do you think? Roy falls to his hands and crawls into the room with the other bodies as Rachel scoops up the saw and follows him. I've got some good news, and I've got some bad news for you. Roy, laboring to catch his breath, falls flat on the floor as Rachel grabs a sheet of plastic and drags it next to him. Please! You don't have to do this! I already know that. Roy rolls over on his back, looking up at Rachel. Don't, don't do this! Rachel picks up the extension cord and plugs it in. Good news is, due to your collection of various wounds, you've lost a good amount of blood and are right on the cusp of death. You are literally knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Rachel places the blade of the saw against Roy's leg. The bad news is, you're still going to feel this mean little bastard tear through your flesh and bone. Roy fades in and out. I'm sure you've already figured this one out, but just in case the thought hadn't crossed your mind, the psychos and freaks aren't always lurking around on the outside. Traditionally, I've always used a 16-tooth handsaw. I kind of grew attached to it since it was the tool I used to dismember my father. He seemed to have a fondness for my ass as well, but that's a completely different story for another time. I think after tonight I'm going to take a more surgical approach to my methods. You know give myself a challenge, because you know what they say. If you don't learn something new every day, then what the fuck is the point? Roy closes his eyes, which causes Rachel to slap him across the face. You ain't dead yet, so open those fucking eyes. Roy opens his eyes. That's better. I wouldn't want you to miss any of this. A gust of wind hammers the outside of the house as Rachel turns on the saw proceeds to cut through Roy's knee. 
Laughing pushes the saw through Roy's leg, splattering her face. Rachel stands in front of the bathroom mirror, using a pair of scissors to cut her hair. Lick my snatch, bitch. I don't care what you think. I'm cutting my hair. It's time for a change. Rachel cuts off several more chunks. You can keep talking all you want, but it's not going to change a damn thing. My mind is already set. Is that what you think? Well, I happen to think I will look pretty damn hot with short hair. Rachel stares at the mirror. I thought it would be pretty obvious what I was doing. Rachel reaches down and picks up the severed head of the woman with short brunette hair and holds it up to the mirror. I want to look like this. Rachel drops the head on the floor, then points at the mirror. In fact, I'm changing my name. I'm sick and tired of using Rachel. From this point forward, I will be known as Katie. Hmm. I like the sound of that. I look like Katie. Rachel smiles. Rachel rolls her eyes at the mirror. They will not catch me. I'm moving to Seattle. I will blend right in there. I'll get a job at one of those fancy coffee shops or some grocery store. Rachel looks down at the box of brunette hair then goes back to cutting her hair. The end.